Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 59, recorded on November, or released on November 25th, 2009. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is my buddy, but not feeling too well, Neil Bailey. Yes, hello everybody! You're not going to have an aneurysm halfway through the episode, are you? I I hope not. I've been having really strange, weird, recurring headaches that just blast in the middle of my forehead and take me out for about three or four hours. It's it's really, really wonderfully scary. Mm. I, I think it's all the 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 the, uh, the Smallville writers got in a circle and held hands and prayed to Gilgamesh and were like, and so I'm feeling it now. Way to go, guys! Yeah, well, that seems to have done the trick. So, uh, you, but you won't <laughs> sni- you won't slow Neil Bailey down. Believe me, he'll uh, keep yeah. coming back at you. Just make him angrier. That's right. You won't don't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me angry. You won't like me when I'm angry. Right. Yes. <laughs> get even more geeky. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our discussion topics. Uh, first off the bat, I wanted to talk about Superman comics. Now, uh, the world of New Krypton saga keeps uh, chugging, chugging along, and uh, the world against Superman uh, story keeps uh, plowing through all the Superman titles. How are you enjoying them, or are you enjoying them? I am, I am. I didn't even know there were people on Saturn, but uh, you know, I, I learned and I actually enjoyed that issue. Um, I'm I'm still digging Nightwing and Flamebird, um, Monel or uh, the uh, what? The, uh, Robinson's been actually a little more on lately in terms of getting to a story instead of being kind of tangential, and I've been enjoying it. Yeah, so uh, I I can't say any different. I'm enjoying them too. I think uh, the world of New Krypton title itself is obviously the favoured one because of the fact that Superman is actually in that title where his uh, presence is missing in the other titles but the other stories are still going along nicely Um, you know there's a lot of intrigue and mystery surrounding the other titles Uh, you know what's going on with uh, Nightwing and Flamebird and uh, Mon-El you know supposedly everyone thinking he's dead and now he's he's out and free and uh, let's see what happens when everyone realises that He's not dead, and that Supergirl and Nightwing and Flamebird did not kill him. Yeah, it's it's really weird not having many complaints about the comics. It's been really rare in in what the ten years we've been working together here. It's it, I I mean I can't remember many times where we've just been like, yeah, all's copacetic in the worlds of comics. It was always like, oh yeah, this really sucks. This part here, you know. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, it's because we're in a position where we've never actually been in this kind of position before. You know, Superman is not actually in his costume. You know, he's. Uh, General L um, on New Krypton, and it's just such new ground, such untapped territory that you can't really. It's not like you can say, "Oh, Superman's not supposed to be in that situation," because he's never been in that situation. He's, you know, he's not acting out of character. The situations around him are so totally different that you've got. There's no precedent to uh, compare it to. Yeah, it's also kind of. Um... We've always, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to speak for you, but it seems like we've always kind of been inclined to like the whole interlocking titles idea and the way that it all becomes one coherent story. And they hadn't touched upon that for a long time since, like, basically when I started on working on the Superman homepage was right after they axed that um, with the whole Jeff Loeb beginning of that era and that kind of thing. And they just forsook it and kind of ignored it for about ten years, thinking, oh, you know, weekly comic, what? You know, how could that possibly work? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, and now it's now it's back in that territory, and it seems seems like it's kind of catering to our kind of enjoyment, which is nice. Yeah, so uh, enjoying the titles. The only probably complaint that we've seen so far from people is that they think this whole thing is dragging on a little bit too long, but uh, it's hard to complain when you know that these guys have got a big plan in place, that 2010 is supposed to be a big year in the Superman comics, and uh, from everything I've seen, especially on the little comments they make on Twitter, some of these writers, 
is they're saying, oh, you're not going to believe what's going to happen in 2010. It's, you know, it's a huge, huge story coming uh, in the you know in the near future. So uh, it's you know it's kind of exciting. Waiting to see what happens. I, I can only see uh, Brainiac and Luthor teaming up to mess up the DC universe. I mean, that's something that hasn't really been done right in a long, long time. Yeah, well, it is a thread that's been hanging over our heads for a while. We're waiting to see exactly what Luthor and Brainiac uh, are up to, and uh, it's all kind of off screen at the moment. So we wait uh, with uh, with uh, bated breath to see exactly what they do there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, moving away from the comics, and uh, you know, there is obviously other things going on in the comic book world with Blackest Night, and but everything's kind of still up in the air with that, and. Uh, you know the Superman Batman title will be coming around to join the continuity of the other titles in the you know near future. So there are things uh, you know in the pipeline for the Superman comics, but the kind of it's kind of at a, a plateau at the moment where we're waiting for things to really fall over the edge. Yeah, and there's there's also something to note in that I'm not sure which comic it was, but it looked like in one of the ancillary characters, uh, Blackest Night. Uh, or the Black Lantern Earth 2 Superman is going to appear as well in kind of an ancillary here. Do you, do you recall which one that one is? No, well, I'm not really reading the, the main Blackest Night titles, so I'm well, only uh, I guess Superman ones. I, I could tell people then to uh, go and look at the solicitations, and you'll see uh, Blackest Lan- Black Lantern Superman on the cover of an ancillary character. Um, so if you're trying to follow a Superman in Blackest Night, that'll probably help you out. Well, we'll uh, definitely be looking at that and mention that on the website uh, as those books come out uh, in, in the coming months. Okay, well, moving on to Smallville, we've uh, seen the last episode of uh, Season 9 for 2009. There's obviously more Season 9 episodes coming in 2010, but um, the last two episodes, Idol and Pandora, that we saw were quite, quite good compared to what we've seen previously. Yeah, it's uh, the season has actually started, you know, going somewhere a little bit it's like they, they're like okay we're gonna introduce zod and all these elements and then we're gonna do a bunch of single episodes for about five episodes and then start getting back into the story again and now that they started getting back into the story it's actually kind of going somewhere and being interesting you know there, there's a lot of really difficult suspension of belief stuff like clones and major zod and and a red sun uh, universe but at very least they're trying to do something with the mythology and it seems to feel more like a coherent superman universe which is something that they've just really avoided a lot in the show and they even paid a little bit of lip service to the glasses i i hope he starts wearing them but mm-hmm. you know it's 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 been pretty good of late um pandora was kind of a rare exception but that was mostly because of it wasn't necessarily the idea it was the incoherent writing of it i guess um but i don't know it's it, we, they've done nine episodes before the break which is something they haven't done in a long time and they're about to combine two episodes into one so i also maybe am kind of wondering if they're gonna um do maybe more than the usual 22 episodes maybe 23 24 like they did for a couple of seasons there well they've actually said that uh still will be um, 22 hours of Smallville uh, for season uh, nine. So the combined, <laughs> yeah. So there won't be any extra time, so to speak. Uh, there'll be, well, let's talk about it. Smallville Absolute Justice is the title of the uh, telly movie, if you like, for uh, Smallville. Uh, they're combining what used to be known as the two episodes titled Society and Legends, and of c- combining them into one movie-length episode titled. Absolute Justice. Now, uh, this will uh, air on the one night uh, in a two-hour time slot. Um, it'll have one set of credits and titles, and um, 
effects, but it will make up two episodes in the season. So, uh, you know, while it's one episode, movie-length episode, it will make up two episodes in the overall count for season nine. That's great. It, and the preview just looked absolutely astonishing. They had Doc, Dr. Fate, uh, Sandman was in there. They had uh, they, they didn't show the Hawkman in motion, but everything visually looked pretty darn good. The ring looked a little cheesy, but we haven't seen anything in motion with it. But it looks like they're doing the actual J- JSA, and they've got the picture on the wall showing them in costume. It's like, wait a minute, they're not on skateboards. You know? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, it does look very good. Uh, obviously, Jeff Johns is writing it, and um, you know he's staying very true to the characters from the comic books and uh, the Smallville people seem to be coming along the ride on the ride with him and and plowing in all these ideas and you know uh, just putting every effort into make it as uh, true to the comics as possible uh, still with a Smallville spin obviously but uh, the costumes on the JSA characters look phenomenal and uh, it's just kind of makes you want the Superman costume even more because all these other characters have got costumes that are so similar to what they're seeing in what they've got in the comics, yet Clark is the only one who is still in this drabby trench coat. Yep, instead of being the the, the kind of forerunner of the age of the new age of heroes, he's gonna be the last guy to step up to the plate and be like, Okay, I'm ready now. Better up, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's uh the Smallville writers uh, on Twitter asked, you know, the fans uh which Superman villains did they want to see uh, in upcoming episodes and I made the tongue-in-cheek comment in reply which I obviously didn't get a reply to from them saying uh, what there are still Superman villains you haven't used yet even though (laughs) Clark Kent isn't Superman yet well, they, they're probably looking for the ones that they haven't used, and the only people would know would be people like us, and we'd be like sitting there, barrage, uh, 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 ambush bug, uh, uh, you know, like we'd probably have something that they could throw into the mix to try and pull us back in, I guess. But well, I suggested I a proper mixes pitlick. Yeah, there you go. Instead of that, to Russian. <laughs> um, what was he? I, I don't know how much I can say because of the because uh, of the legal matters of it, but I can say that um, that you know when I did that short story for Smallville magazine a while back, um, I did want to originally work with Mixes Pitlick and, and do something just like that, but that wasn't allowed to happen. And I'm not going to say that was a good thing or a bad thing or how it happened or why it happened, but it would be very interesting to see Smallville take on that. Yeah, well, a proper Mixie instead of an exchange student from Russia or wherever he was from would be, uh, you know, it, it would be. No less um, intriguing than the Wonder Twins coming in because everybody says, you know, the Wonder Twins were a campy idea and, you know, shouldn't be done on Smallville. But that ended up being pretty good. And the way they were used was uh, quite interesting for the episode that it was used in. So, you know, a Mixie who is a magical imp from the fifth dimension doesn't necessarily have to be a cheesy, um, you know, idea. It could be done quite well and quite, it could be a fun episode. Well, and when they do the, uh, it's funny because they try and do a comedy episode and throw it out there every once in a while. They did it with the, uh, and, and it clunked miserably with the, um, the one that they just recently did about about the the morning show. You know, yeah. um, they they do try and do that tongue in cheek Lois and Clark the New Adventures of Superman style story every now and again. And to do one with Mixie's Pitlick, you could bring back the McHale guy. And w- one of the things that the show has actually, to its credit, tried to do over the last couple of years is take concepts that they've royally screwed up and try and fix them, like. Kara or Jor-El or uh, you know like the fortress they tried to explain with the with the whole Veritas thing um, but at least they're, they're making efforts in that direction I don't know why they wouldn't do that with, with Mixie but uh, um, 
Oh, who knows? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, well, as for villains who are, or not necessarily villains, but characters who are coming back, Zatanna's coming back, and uh, Metello has been announced as returning. So, uh, yeah, the two characters that worked fairly well. Um, Metello definitely worked great, and Zatanna would be nice to see her fleshed out a bit more. Yeah, if Metallo actually throws a punch this time, I'll stand in the I'll stand up and cheer. You know, I mean, it was it was like everything in that episode with Metallo was perfect, leading up to the fight, and then they just kind of gave up on the episode. If they had, if they continue that thread, I will be more than willing to forgive them for the failings of the last one. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, something we didn't uh, mention was the uh, in the Idol episode, Chloe Sullivan showed Clark Kent a, uh, a number of websites and uh, blogs that uh, were from fans on the internet for the Blur. And uh, of one of those screens that she showed was a website titled The Blur Homepage, which, uh, fascinatingly enough, looked very much like our own Superman homepage with a very similar logo, very similar layout, uh, menus and taglines that were very similar to our own. So it was a nice uh, you know, tribute to the Superman homepage by the Smallville people. I was quite chuffed. Yeah, it was it was very very cool. It's not you know like it, when when we were halfway responsible for Lex Luthor learning Superman's secret identity, but <laughs> it's still like we're on TV. How cool <laughs> is that? How cool is that? Yeah, it was a fleeting glance, but uh, people saw it and people emailed in, so it, it was obvious enough. And uh, you know, it wasn't like just a, something that was way down in the background and that you know you only had to use a magnifying glass to see it or something like that. It was quite obvious and, uh, you know, uh, quite interesting. And I was, uh, yeah, I was quite pleased by it. Yeah, it, it was good. It, it, I had an appearance on Jay Leno when I was doing the booth for the Superman homepage once. And it was just like me in the back corner for an eight-tenths of the second. I was like, all right, I'm on Leno. And this time it was like ten times better because there's the site. It's actually there. Then, of course, you get all the credit for designing it because it's an awesome-looking site. But still, I worked there, ma. It's cool. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, it is very cool, and uh, thank you to those people uh, who made that possible. And for everyone who uh, noticed it, that was uh, keen eyes there. So, uh, yeah, very cool. Uh, is there anything else about Smallville that you wanted to touch on? Did you want to talk about the casting for the JSA? Yeah, well, um, I think the casting was pretty good. Um, I think that, uh, at least so far, uh, it, 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 well, you know, actually, I can't say that. Uh, can I start that over again? Yeah, go for it. That was just a gut reaction of well, actually, I don't know too much about the casting. <laughs> I just, uh, but uh, I, I think that um, the the costumes look excellent. <laughs> okay, what about Michael Shanks as Hawkman? You had some comments yeah. about his oh, uh, oh yeah, his yeah, yeah, buffy, okay. uh, muscles and yeah. There's uh, well, I, I was reminded of a couple of different things. I was reminded of the Frank Miller Superman. Um, you know, like when he gets hit by lightning in in The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> Um, like kind of like shrunk into the costume where there's no muscles, even if it looks like the perfect costume. So the costume is great, but uh, I got to see it in motion too. But I was also reminded oddly of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because there's that little part where they're like, eh, eh, in the beginning when they've just been formed with the mutagen. <laughs> and I'm so, so embarrassed that I remember this, but they like, <laughs> like, look like tiny little guys trying to be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But you know, I, I don't want to knock on the thing. At least they're going with the actual costume, and in motion, it'll probably look awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. You had a theory though, right? That maybe like he is, he was out of fighting shape for a couple of years, so he's got to rebuild his muscles again. No, I think Michael Shanks is a great actor. I mean, I love oh, okay. Stargate SG One. Somebody said that to me. They're like, yeah, you know, it's like he's been out. The JSA's been out of what 30, 40 years now. True. It's obvious they're he's got to pump a little iron first. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But uh, Michael Shanks is a great actor, and I look forward to seeing him in a role other than uh, being on Stargate. And uh, yeah, it's uh, you know I'm not 
uh, too familiar with the other cast members, but um, I mean, you know, they're of they're recognisable faces. But just to see how they go in those roles will be interesting, and to see how Clark, um, you know, acts and reacts to their, um, you know, yeah, their well, presence you, is going to be interesting. Yeah, and you know, it's just going to be basically like we've got this one small pixelated image, you know, and we're going to actually see him on screen and I'll meet him at a convention. Somebody be like, Hey kid, you know, and have biceps twice the size of my head. And I'll be sitting there with these pencil thin arms and it'd be like, okay, justice time, you know? Yeah. But, uh, so that's Smallville. <sighs> we, we wait for the new episodes in 2010. They'll, the next episode, the next new episode will be on January 22nd. I think it is uh, Yahoo. 2010. So, uh, we look forward to that. And the JSA, uh, just Smallville Absolute Justice, will uh, air soon after. I believe it's early February. February fifth is the uh, the Absolute Justice telly movie. Uh, I'm sure it will get huge, huge ratings because they're going to hype it up, and everyone's just everyone who's a comic book fan will want to be jumping on to see just exactly what the JSA are like on Smallville, even if they're yeah. not Smallville fans. So I'm sure it'll be a huge episode. So we look forward to absolute justice in the new year. Yes, yes. Right, moving on. Um, justice League and Superman the Animated Series are now out on DVD um, for fans of the animated series. They're, the complete sets are now collected together in a box set uh, DVD collection. Uh, justice League, the complete series, was released earlier in November. And Superman, the complete animated series is available as of a few days ago. So if you never collected those DVDs, uh, this is definitely the, the box set to get. Uh, these box sets collect all episodes from the complete run of the TV animated series. Uh, did you look to get these, or have you already got the originals? Oh, yeah. Well, see, I, I accidentally, a long time ago, scratched my Superman Season 1 animated series DVD. Right. So, you know, just in the interest of uh, proper completionism, I've got to get them, you know. Um yeah. Actually, I had a cousin come along and uh, and visit the house and wanted to see him, and and the disc was scratched. So I was like, ah! So I've got to get, I've got, I've got to uh, punish myself by getting these DVDs. How do you it's completely, scratch... com- completely altruistic. Oh well, usually it's like uh, I'm trying to put it in, and then it somehow flips out of my head and bounces across broken glass, and then lands in some gravel, and someone steps on it. That's usually my luck. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hold it carefully. I really do, and then ninjas attack. You know. Yeah. Well, those yeah, the, and those monkeys that you keep as pets—they yes, can't yes, yes. be very mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, talking about other DVD releases, uh, Justice League: Crisis on Two Earths, the next animated movie f- uh, from Warner Premiere, is uh, actually the press release was just announced, and it will be released on February. Where is it? February. See, I'm getting my all my notes mixed up here. That's yeah, all right. It will be released. That's what the internet's for. Yes, that's right. It will be released on February 23rd, 2010. So uh, it looks quite good. The trailer looks fantastic. That's available now as well. Um, you've got a, a hero, Lex Luthor, from an alternate Earth coming to um, the Justice League Earth and uh, requesting their help to defeat the... Uh, the villains who are, you know, uh, the what are they called? The um, the uh, crime syndicate. Crime syndicate. That's the one. Yes. And uh, the alternate versions of uh, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, known as uh, Ultraman, uh, Superwoman, and Owlman, and obviously Owlman. their cahoots. Yes. Their uh, their 
uh, their uh, Sorry, cohorts. I went for the hoots joke. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, their cohorts. And, uh, yeah, it's it looks to be quite an interesting uh, animated movie because it's... Not it's it's based on comic book stories that have come before, but it's an original story for this animated film. So I'll be interested to see where it goes because people won't ex- exactly be able to compare it to you know say like Superman Doomsday. A lot of people were down on that because it didn't follow the super the death of Superman story to a T. Uh, same with Superman Batman Public Enemies. While that was more uh, received in a better light, it didn't follow a hundred percent the story from the uh, Jeff Loeb's uh, comic book. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how fan reactions are to uh, Crisis on Two Earths. Yeah, just let it set up the Infinite Crisis movie. There you go. You'll you'll know who Alex Luthor is by the end of it, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, interesting to see the cast members for that uh, animated movie. Uh, we've got Bruce... Uh, sorry, obviously Bruce Tim is the executive producer on the uh, on the, the movie. But we've got uh, Mark Harmon from NCIS as Superman, James Woods from Ghosts of Mississippi as Owlman, Chris Noth as uh, Lex Luthor, William Baldwin as Batman, uh, Gina Torres as Superwoman, and Bruce Davison as the President of the United States of America. So they don't have the same guy doing the Batman voice as the same guy doing the Owlman voice? Um... No, it doesn't look like it. No, they don't. Well, that's kind of odd, you'd think, because they're the same person, just, you know, in a different universe. Huh. Oh, well. You'd think that, but uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how similar or dissimilar the voices are. Yeah, yeah. It could be interesting. It could be, uh, they could be have some mimicry going on. It, it, it could be, you know, something neat. Yeah, so we look forward to that on February 23rd, Crisis on Two Earths, the next DCU animated movie. Okay, moving on. What else do we have to talk about? We get uh, the Noel Neal statue update, right? That's right. Yes, uh, the uh, Chamber of Com- Metropolis Chamber of Commerce have announced that they received a grant uh, to uh, finalise the Noel Neal statue, which has been in the pipeline for quite a few years now. Uh, they uh, announced it a number of years ago, and uh, funds obviously were a tight and economic downturn and all that kind of stuff. But finally, it looks like the Noel Neal statue will be ready and completed for the 2010. Superman celebration in Metropolis, Illinois, and uh, you know, I, I, it couldn't go to a nicer lady. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I would actually drive there and work on it myself if I had to, because she, you know, she is just a saint. She's an utter saint. Yeah, we, uh, we look forward to the unveiling of that statue, which will be not too far away from the Superman statue in the town square there in Metropolis. So, if you haven't been to Metropolis for the Superman celebration, 2010 is definitely. Uh, a good year to go. Um, obviously, there haven't been any announcements regarding who uh, the special guests will be for the 2010 celebration, but the unveiling of the Noel Neal statue is reason enough to uh, to make tracks to Metropolis, Illinois, for the June 2010 Superman celebration. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on before we move on to the big question segment of the show is the Superman slot machine it's uh, got a bit of publicity, obviously, from the company that's releasing them. There's a the Batman and Wonder Woman um, virtual slot machine that's already out there on the internet. But what do you think about Superman being used for a gambling machine? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I look at it like there's a, there's a lot of adults uh, reading Superman comics, 
but it's more kind of capitalizing on the logo. It's kind of treating Superman a little bit more like a franchise than a character. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's 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 Superman soap bars. There's Superman pencils. There's Superman underwear. You know, it's like it, it, you look at it one way. It's like oh, if you can wear them across your butt, what's wrong with putting them on a slot machine? <laughs> but on the other side, on, on the other hand, it's not like you know wearing underwear will uh, give you kind of like a chronic gambling problem and send you to dead uh, debtors anonymous kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's some negative connotations some really strong negative connotations with gambling. Yeah, definitely. Um, even, if, even if a lot of people use it safe and sane. Honestly, I understand why they did it. I probably wouldn't have done it if I were in charge of Superman, but I'm not. Yeah, no, well, I think it's... You know, I can understand people's uh, being people being upset about it because they don't advertise Superman on cigarettes or on alcohol because of obvious reasons. Uh, DC are very, um, you know, watchful as to what you can and can't use Superman on. But uh, using it on a slot machine seems to be treading that line. Uh, you know, obviously gambling is a big problem uh, today, and um, you know I don't think that using Superman is necessarily a great idea um, in that uh, in that field. But you know, we don't own yeah. we, we don't own the character DC do, and they've approved it. So well, and there's uh, this this may be something you want, might want to. Um... It, we might want to not talk about necessarily, but uh, when it comes down to it, you know, we we have to we have to clear most of the stuff we do on the Superman homepage with DC to make sure that we're not you know tainting the trademark or the franchise um, to make sure that you know like we're not do, we're not misusing the symbol of Superman. And it seems really remarkable to me that 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 our site, which really does everything it possibly can to promote Superman. Um, and to make people enjoy Superman and to push them towards Superman gets regulated, and yet they're just like kind of like, okay, yeah, let's do a slot machine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's kind of a weird ground there. Yeah. Okay, let's move into the big question segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. Yeehaw! All right, what did we ask last month? Last month. Last. Yeah, you oh, go. Sorry. You know, you, you go for it. All right, I'll take it all by the horns. Uh, we asked, uh, what did you think of Superman, Batman, Public Enemies? What did you think, Steve? Well, uh, actually, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great action movie. Uh, you know, people always complain that you know animated movies were a bit slow or you know too much character development, too much talking, whatever. Superman, Batman, Public Enemies didn't have any of that problem. It was action from beginning to to end, and uh, it was a great romp. Yeah, yeah, it was just a good movie for what it was. Okay, well, first up, we have an audio response from Mikey B, who recorded his answer and sent it in to us. Hey, Steve. Hey, Neil. Mikey B responded to the big question of the month, what I think of Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. I thought it was a great romp. Uh, it was a fast-moving, uh, fast-paced movie. Uh, maybe even skewed a little towards uh, a younger audience than the PG-13 rating with how fast it moved, uh, at least the story. But certainly a lot of the content was um, maybe more for someone over 13. But but with that, though, I think they did a great job um, with the uh, voice acting. It was well cast. Uh, of course, you have Allison Mack as Power Girls. That should be worth at least half the price of admission. I bought the Blu-ray, and uh, the visuals were, were, were great on the Blu-ray. There was a lot of extras. There's uh, You have... A few uh, Superman animated series and Justice League Unlimited episodes that have Superman and Batman uh, uh, starring in them. So you had some extras on there. Uh, definitely saying we 
that like the Justice League Unlimited would probably like this movie and would probably want to pick it up. And if you and if anybody hasn't picked it up yet and is thinking about it, don't forget to uh, order it through the Superman homepage using uh, one of the links so that uh, you can also support the homepage while you uh, also while you support Superman and uh, and you also get it delivered right to your door. So you couldn't ask for more than that. Um, so uh, good movie, a lot of fun again. Uh, and I think that's it. Take care, guys. Well, thank you, Mikey. Great, uh, great comments there. I didn't ask you what you thought of it, Neil. Uh, I actually uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, I just thought it was pretty good romp. I, 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 uh, it, I wasn't too burdened where it deviated from the story, and I liked the fact that it uh, it stuck visually so close to the source material. Yeah. Okay. Well, who do we have next? Uh, we got uh, Brad L. Woolridge, who wrote, Hey, Stephen Neal, I really enjoyed Public Enemies. The previous DC animated films, particularly Justice League, New Frontier, and Superman Doomsday, left me a little cold, so I was worried about this one. However, I really enjoyed the clips posted on the Superman homepage and was psyched to learn that Tim Daly, Clancy Brown, and especially Kevin Conroy were returning to voice Superman, Luthor, and Batman, respectively. The film is extremely fast-paced and relatively thin on plot, but the great voiceover acting and intense, well-animated battle sequences more than made up for it. I felt that Public Enemies could serve as a nice backbone for a possible live-action Superman-Batman or World's Finest Film someday. The 67-minute animated film could be more fully fleshed out, no pun intended, and strengthened in a two-hour or two-and-a-half-hour movie. Most of all, Public Enemies showed us the great friendship and brotherhood that these two heroes possess, which is something I've always appreciated more than John Burns. They shouldn't like each other, taken his rebuke. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, the length of the movie uh, was something that troubled a lot of people, but um, obviously animated films take a while to make, so uh, the longer they are, the longer they take to, to create. Yeah. David Landon wrote, I thought Public Enemies was the best DC animated movie yet. It was as close as they could reasonably come to blow-by-blow -blow recreation of the comic, although I would have liked to see them retain the future Superman subplot. Still, I really enjoyed it and eagerly look forward to the next one. Thanks to Steve and Neil for the podcast, and thanks to everyone at the Superman homepage for all your great work. Well, thank yeah. you, David. Yeah, that's a good point. I was actually thinking about that as the movie started. Are they going to do the future Superman? They didn't, and and I can see how they could, and it would be really hard to shoehorn in, but it was really neat there. Yeah, it would probably uh, be a bit uh, confusing to people who didn't know who this future Superman was or why yeah. he was coming in. Yep. Well, we got uh, Calvin Bowes next, who wrote, I bet I'm going to give a different perspective on public enemies. I'm fascinated how this cartoon was actually or actually was mirroring current events. Example, it starts with a bad economy, and we have a president who promises to fix it and other problems, and what he introduces could create the opposite. He even refuses to listen to his own military advisors. I don't know if the parallel was intentional, but it is amazing, and this shows how good science fiction can make us look at events around us. Very intelligent. Hmm. Interesting insights there from Calvin. All right, Dave Lewis wrote, Hey guys, I thought the Superman-Batman movie was simply awesome. It was nice to see Superman actually kick butt and take names, which you don't see a lot of these days. I hate it when they weaken him in shows. I mean, he is Superman. I thought the movie was a nice take on the graphic novel, although I wish it had been longer than 67 minutes. All in all, a great movie. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you, Dave. Yeah, thanks. Chris wrote, well, nothing. It hasn't been released in Europe yet, and there's no sign of it anytime soon, except if you have Blu-ray, which I don't. Any chance you could ask one of your many contacts when us poor Europeans would get to share in the fun? Ah, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it hasn't been released in, in Australia yet either, so uh, the uh, international release of these DVDs is not always announced, and while I have asked the questions, uh, I haven't received any response yet as to when the uh, international release dates for these animated films will be come to other countries um but you know these region free dvd players are out there so 
this is what I do. I buy a, a region. I buy the US version and uh, play it on my DVD player here in Australia because I, you know it's it's not fair that we have to wait. Sometimes they don't get come come out at all. So I don't understand yeah. this whole region blocking thing. But um, you know, it might. Uh, we want to enjoy it when everybody else can. Yeah, well, I was going to say it might drive people in their desperation who who are naughty, awful pirates to to look on the internet for the movie. But we could never condone or advise that because that would be an awful, awful thing. I mean, think of all the money that those people would lose. Yes, <clears> don't do it. It's awful, awful. All right, <clears throat> get your tongue out of your cheek now. Oh, what? What? Ow! <laughs> the uh, next new big question that we have, uh, well, thanks to all those people who responded to this previous big question, uh, but the new big question is, what's the one thing you love and the one thing you hate about Smallville Season 9 so far? Oh, that's so easy. I know the only answer to that one. <laughs> you got the fact that a monkey appears in the Zan and Jaina episode, um, but that's that's the thing you love. And the thing that you hate, it wasn't a real monkey. It was just a stupid jewel cartoon monkey. Okay, so uh, we all have one thing we love or one thing we hate, but now we're asking you to give us one of each. One thing you love and one thing you hate about Smallville Season 9 so far. Uh, it's not... It's it takes okay. Neil's just come up with a very quick uh, response there, but it's not as easy as that. So uh, think about it and let us know what is the one thing you love and the one thing you hate about season nine of Smallville so far. Now get involved by clicking on the big question button found at the Superman homepage, and you can send in your text answer, and we will read it out as we have here. Or you can do like Mikey B did and record an MP3 file and send that to us, and we will play that in the next podcast of the of Radio KAL. <laughs> Laura has burning questions. Tell me about my mother. She was feisty and sarcastic and kind. She was a brilliant writer. She loved your father very, very much. She kept him grounded. And my father, what happened to him? The regulator considers his options. I just gotta think. Gotta think, this this new girl, you know, on Earth, she's an unknown. She changes things. Need a new plan. Captain Sawyer wrestles with her emotions. Renee. Hi. I'm on duty. Yeah, I know. I've been calling you at home. I know. Three times a day. And Superman wrestles with a big problem. Riot! Get this party started! What should we do? We should do what the tiny boss man said we should do! Mayhem! Woohoo! Fight your demons in Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, issue 59, on November 25th, 2009, only at PendantAudio.com. There's never a dull moment in Metropolis. Seriously, though, why are you here? Because she said it was safe. Whenever she says something safe, I end up having to save her butt. A new troublemaker has appeared, and she has Kara in her sights. What are you doing here? 
I had nothing better to do with my afternoon, so I thought I'd come say hi to the biggest joke in Metropolis. What joke is that? You. Hi. You, uh, need some help up there? Shut up. But not everyone is impressed. No. I just thought it was about time she had a real opponent to fight. That. That. Ugh! I'll show her a real opponent. Things heat up in the next episode of Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, coming November 29th at PendantAudio.com. Bailey's Bookshelf. Go, Bailey! Yes, Michael Bailey returns, and he's looking at another trade paperback from his bookshelf. And let's see what uh, Michael's reviewing for us this month. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Bailey's Bookshelf, the feature here on Radio KAL, where I walk over to the bookcase, pick out a Superman Trader hardcover, and discuss it for you. This time out, I chose a book based on a listener request, and unfortunately, I have um, I've misplaced the name of the person who asked to hear about this particular book, so I apologize to whoever made this suggestion, because this book is my absolute favorite Superman collection ever. Superman, from the 30s to the 70s, is quite possibly the very first Superman collected edition ever to be published. This book came out in 1971 from Bonanza Books, and I am assuming it was a big deal at the time, since trade paperbacks, or any collected editions of comics for that matter, were very rare. Comic strips would get collected, but generally the only place you could find what is now a common sight in bookstores was in books about comics, like The Great Comic Book Heroes by Jules Pfeiffer, and Comics, A History of Comic Books in America by Les Daniels. In those books, uh, usually around the middle of the book, you would see reprints of Golden Age stories, and sometimes comic strips as well. In any case, this book collects nearly 30 stories of the Man of Steel from well, from the 30s to the 70s. After a dedication by then-president and publisher Carmine Infantino, we are treated to a fantastic introduction by E. Nelson Bridwell. Bridwell worked originally as an assistant to Superman editor Mort Weisinger during the 50s and 60s, and was eventually promoted to editor and continued to work as a writer for DC during the course of the 70s and early 80s. Bridwell was considered the leading authority on all things Superman when this book came out, so it is very fitting that he would write a brief history of the Man of Steel for the collection. From there, the book is broken up by decades. In the 30s section and 40s section, you have Superman, Champion of the Oppressed, which appeared in Superman number 1 and Superman number 2, also kind of known as Revolution in San Monte. There is The Challenge of Luther from Superman number 4, the Ducalia Spiring from Superman number 10, The Beasts of Luther from Superman number 12, The Attack of the Archer from Superman number 13, which was an early appearance of Jimmy Olsen in the comics, The Saboteurs from Nap Can from Superman number 15, A Superboy Story with How Clark Kent Met Lois Lane, which was originally presented in Adventure Comics number 128, Man or Superman from Superman number 17, Case of the Funny Paper Crimes from Superman 19, which was eventually adapted into an all-star squadron story in the in the 80s. Superman Matinee Idol from Superman number 19, which is a sequel of sorts to the very first Fleischer 
uh, short, The Mad Scientist. And it's a funny story, too. It has Clark Kent and Lois Lane going to the theater to watch a Fleischer cartoon and Clark Kent having to hide the fact that he's Superman because it's right there on the screen. Really goofy little story. I liked it when I was a kid, and I like it now. You have America's Secret Weapon in Superman number 23, the mysterious Mr. Mikshez Pitalik, the very first appearance of him in Superman number 30, Lois Lane's Superwoman from Superman number 45, and... If I'm correct about this, the origin of Superman, which was originally presented in Superman number 53 uh, from 1948, was the very first time we saw the origin, at least the full-out origin of the character in the comics. In the 50s section, you have Black Magic on Mars from Superman number 62, which guest starred Orson Welles. The Mightiest Team in the World from Superman number 76. Yes, that is the very first comic book Batman-Superman team-up outside of the issues of All-Star Comics where they appeared together. The Girls in Superman's Life from Superman number 78, which showed Lana Lang and Lois Lane meeting. The Terrible Trio which was a team-up between Toyman the Prankster and Lex Luthor from Superman number 88, and the classic The Girl in Superman's Past from Superman number 129, which was the very first appearance of Lori Lamaris. In the 60s, we get the untold story of Red Kryptonite from Superman 139, The Son of Bizarro, which was a three-part story that appeared in one issue uh, Superman number 140. I really like that story. It's kind of epic. Superman meets Al Capone happened in Superman number 142. Bizarro meets Frankenstein in Superman number 143. And Superboy's first public appearance, which was originally presented in Superman number 144. Finally, we get to the 70s with the Pied Piper of Steel which was originally presented in Action Comics number 398, Superman Breaks Loose from the classic Superman number 233, the kickoff to the Kryptonite Nevermore storyline, Superman You're Dead, Dead, Dead from Action Comics number 399, and a Candor story called The Duel of Doom, which originally saw the light of day in Action Comics number 400. So in addition to having a pant load of classic Superman stories to read, this book has a lot of sentimental attachment for me. Back in 1983, I was in the first grade at Fairview Elementary School in Mountaintop, Pennsylvania. And on one of the first trips to the school library, I found this book and another book called Batman from the 30s to the 70s and took them out what ended up being like hundreds of times. So not only were these the first Superman comics I ever read, but they were among some of the very first comics I ever read, period. And this book, even at a very young age, gave me an appreciation for the history of Superman. It was here I first heard about the radio series and the fact that there was a Superman musical. I got a sense that there was more going on with Superman than, what, than was just going on in the comics. Now, while I think as a collection of stories, the Batman book edges out this one by a hair, I will always, always love this book. Found it on eBay about eight years ago and paid a fair bit of money for it, but it was worth it. There was a follow-up to this book, by the way, Superman from the 30s to the 80s, published in 1983 by Crown Publishers. I am assuming 
that that came out to tie into Superman 3, but I don't have any direct evidence of that. And that's it for this time. Make sure you check out From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast presented by the Superman homepage, hosted by myself and Jeffrey Taylor. Every week we look at a month in the life of the Superman that existed from Man of Steel number 1 in 1986 and Adventures of Superman number 649 in 2006. And I also wanted to wish everybody in the United States a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all have a really good turkey day and uh, eat as much as you want because this is like the one time of year where that's socially acceptable. And now, back to Stephen Neal. Thank you, Michael. Now remember, if you've got a trade paperback suggestion that you'd like Michael to look at, uh, email Michael using his uh, link found at the Superman homepage and uh, send your suggestions in and Michael will try to use those suggestions in a future Bailey's Bookshelf segment of Radio KAL. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Super secret soundbite. How many people won this week? Or well, this month, rather. Yeah, this month. Well, we've uh, people have asked us to do weekly podcasts, but there's just not enough material and not enough yes, time not enough, in the week. Not enough brains in our brain. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, last month's sound came from the Smallville Season 7 finale titled Arctic, and eight people guessed it right. And who were they? And we got uh, Stephen Holmes, Romeo McLean. Oh, that is an awesome name. Uh, Nelda Mormon, Ismail Perez, Justin Bond, or Justin Boyd, sorry, Brian Lee, Jim Bennett, and Jacob Fitzpatrick. Yeah, well, well done to those eight people. We've got a few new names there that we haven't heard before, so congrats to those people and our regulars for guessing which episode of Smallville that sound came from. Let's see if those same people and more can guess which sound, which episode this sound comes from. Lana, what I'm about to show you may change the way you feel about me. So if you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. We'll read out the names of each person who guesses, guesses it right in our next Radio KAL podcast. <laughs> Superman song time. All right, Neil, do you want to introduce our song for this month? Sure. looks like we got a song called Superman, makes sense, by uh, Cinerama from uh, the year 2000. And it's got a website which you can find at www.scopitones.co.uk, and that's S-C-O-P-I-T-O-N-E-S. Yes, that's Cinerama, who uh, broke up a couple of years ago, but uh, they were around for a few years, and uh, here is their song, Superman. Someone who'll follow where you go 
suggestion for a topic that you'd like Neil and I to discuss. Maybe there's a trade paperback you'd like Michael Bailey to review. Maybe there's a Superman song or a big question that you'd like us to use in a future episode. Email all those ideas to us at Superman homepage and we'll endeavour to use those ideas. Uh, Thank you, Neil, for another great episode. Yes, thank you, Steve, and you stay classy, webmasters and writers of the Blur homepage. You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com.